Galatians chapter 6. And we're just going to read one verse of Scripture there, and then we're going to 2 Thessalonians 3 and read one verse there. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. And let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Let us not be weary. And then turning to 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse number 13, 2 Thessalonians 3 and verse 13. The Apostle Paul writing again, this time to a different assembly. And he says in 2 Thessalonians 3.13, But ye brethren, be not weary in well-doing. Be not weary in well-doing. Hallelujah. I, I want to preach to you tonight for a little while. And I, I don't know, one of, these, one of these local preachers, I don't know if his brother, uh, Hilton it seems like maybe, or somebody, I don't know, somebody made a comment one night about how I could come up with these exciting titles. Well, I don't have an exciting title for you tonight. I just have, I just have a title. And uh, I want to preach to you about what to do when you're weary. What to do when you're weary. Praise God. Would you put your Bible down and lift your hands, lift your voices. Let's ask the Lord to talk to us tonight. Let's ask him to speak to our hearts. Lord Jesus, I love you. I praise you. God, I believe you have put this upon my heart. For this night, for this people, I'm asking you, Master, that you would help me to deliver what you want, God. Lord God, this is your flock. These are your sheep, God. Oh, Lord God, I want to tend to them tonight in accordance with your perfect will. Speak, oh God, I pray, through the pages of your word tonight. And help us, God, open our minds that we might understand what you're saying to us tonight. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Could we praise him together, everybody? Let's give God some praise in this house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. I love you, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. I have, I have often explained to this church in teaching that when it came to the Hebrew and the Greek language, uh, the ancient writers, of course, regardless of what language uh, it would have been, the ancient writers did write, physically write, with 
quill and parchment. There was no uh, putting words in bold. There, there was no underlining and italicizing to stress things. And so I've told this church that what you do to look for the emphasis is you find when things are repeated and it's the repetition of a statement that carries to us the significance of the content. If something is said more than once, then God is saying to us, we really need to sit up and take notice. Amen. Praise God. And so with that in mind, we then look at the command that was given uh, to the church in Galatia and the church in Thessalonica. Uh, evidently, the letter to the Galatians was written during Paul's first missionary journey. And the letter to the Thessalonians was written during his second missionary journey some three to five years later. These two locations, uh, the difference between Thessalonica and Galatia uh, was a journey of more than 600 miles. And so Paul writing at two different times to two different congregations in two different locations felt the need to make the same command and issue the same statement to, to both assemblies. Obviously, this was not something that was related to a specific time or a specific place, but it was something that needed to be said to multiple assemblies. And therefore, it's something we need to pay close attention to as well. I'm saying to you tonight, church, we must not grow weary in well-doing. Hallelujah. We must not grow weary in well-doing. Now, Sunday night, I preached to you, and I, or Sunday afternoon, I'm still doing it. Uh, it. It's all right. It's all right. Praise God. Sunday afternoon, I preached to you. I preached to you and talked to you about the devil having great wrath because he knows he has but a short time. I told you that he is on, uh, uh, he is, he is involved right now uh, in, in doing everything he can. He's angry because we're getting close to the end and he wants to destroy as many as he can before that trumpet sounds. I also pointed out to you in that message that one of the things the devil does to try to destroy the saints of God. I know there are those that he'll come and he'll tempt them with alcohol. He'll tempt them with adultery. He'll tempt them with other things. But I'm going to tell you for most of the good saints of God that are sitting here tonight that say I've got my mind made up. It's not going to be those kinds of attacks that the devil's going to use to try to destroy you. And what he's got is a different plan and a different way of trying to bring you down. We pointed this out, Daniel chapter 7 and verse 25 read 
And he shall speak great words against the Most High. Yes. And shall wear out and the saints. And he shall wear out. The saints, the saints of, the Most High. of the Most High. Now look, when he said uh, uh, he's going to wear out the saints of the Most High, this uh, this Hebrew word that's translated wear out uh, can also be translated to harass continuously. To harass constantly. Oh, praise God. Amen. I'm telling you, he's just constantly nipping at your heels. He's constantly bringing this little thing and that little thing, this little problem and that little worry and this distraction. Amen. And this altercation and this frustration. And, and it's just little by little by little until you start to wear down under the constant pressure that the the devil's throwing at you. He's going to constantly bombard you until he just gets you to the place that you're so tired of fighting, you throw in the towel. Amen. Now, I, I believe that. And I'm judging by the amens that I am hearing tonight and I heard on Sunday that Many of you believe that as well. You believe the devil's going to just constantly do his best to wear us out. But if we really believe that, then it begs the question, why then would the apostle Paul command us not to get weary? And furthermore, how do we keep this important command to not get weary? How is it that we can get up every day and be bombarded all day long? Amen. Even sometimes through the night, be awakened with troubles and turmoils and, and complexities and perplexities and, and, and things that are warring at our thoughts and our mind and our hearts all day, every day, all day, every day. How do we go through that and not get weary? How is it possible for us to do what Paul commanded us to do? He said, don't be weary in well-doing. Now, we do know, I think we all know, that God would never put a requirement in the Scripture which someone is not able to fulfill. Hello? You know, this is one of the things I have to deal with when I get to Africa. You know, they, they, we, we, we teach on water baptism and the essentiality. They always want to ask, well, what about somebody on their deathbed? What about somebody in prison? What about this? What about that? And my first response is this. God will never make a command that, that it is impossible for someone to keep. Well, how do you believe that? So if he tells us, be not weary in well-doing, he's not going to command us to do something that we are unable to fulfill. So there must be some way to rectify the commandment that is repeated in two different epistles with the reality of the fact that weariness will come. Hallelujah. 
Let's read those verses again that I read in my text Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9. And let us not be weary let us in well not doing. Be weary. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Right. And 2 Thessalonians 3.13. But ye brethren, be not weary be in not well weary doing. Be not weary in well doing. I'm going to tell you that the Greek word that's translated weary is the same word in both of these verses. And in both verses it is translated from a word that actually means to be weak, to faint, or to fail. Amen. And so Paul was not telling us that we could not become weary, but he was telling us don't ever reach a place where the weariness causes you to fail. Don't reach a place where the weariness causes you to just give up. In fact, one translation puts it this way. In doing good, let us not fail. Hallelujah. And I'm going to tell you, we will get weary. I'm going to tell you, there have been times I've been weary, Brother Goff. I've been weary and well doing. I'm going to tell you there are times, there are times, amen, when you preach and you preach and you preach and then you see folks turn right around and do what you told them not to do and, and then you just, you start getting weary. I'm just being honest. I'm just being honest about it tonight. But you just grow weary. Amen. And there are times, amen, when I'm fighting my own battles. I'm going through my own valleys. And then I start getting inundated with calls of this one struggling, that one struggling. And, and, and I'm telling you that the, the load can get so heavy. And I'm not complaining tonight. I'm just being transparent. There have been times that I've grown weary. And if you'll be honest, there have been times you've grown weary. There have been times times, amen, when you felt like it were doing all you could do to just pick your foot up and put it in front of the other one. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Paul, Paul was saying, yeah, yeah, you're going to get weary, but in your weariness, don't fail. Don't fail. In your weariness, don't fail well that then begs a second question what should we do when we are weary to keep us from failing hallelujah what can I do when weariness comes that'll keep me from throwing in the towel what am I supposed to do how do I deal with it? Now, I want you to stay with me for just a few moments tonight. I, I really, really, really uh, I'm not going to spend a long amount of time on this tonight. But I, I want to show you something in the scripture that I noticed uh, amen, some days ago. Uh, I want to share with you something that caught my attention. Attention. Uh, we want to go to the book of Judges tonight. If you'd get your Bible, this is Tuesday night. This is, I, I said I was going to preach to you, but, but it is Tuesday night. It is Bible study night. So I want you to get your Bibles. And, and I know we put it up here on the wall for, for those uh, amen, that might not have access to a Bible or whatever, but I still like for you to read it in your Bible. Go to Judges chapter 7. Amen. I want to talk to you about a familiar story. And 
in this story, I believe we find the answer as to what to do when we're weary. Hallelujah. Amen. Judges chapter 7. Amen. God has spoken to Gideon. God wants Gideon. Amen. To pull together an army to fight against the Midianites. Amen. Judges chapter 7. Read verses 2 and 3. And the Lord said unto Gideon, the people that are with thee are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands. Yeah, now, now Gideon, Gideon, uh, he's seen an angel. He's, 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 he's watched God perform marvelous things and, and, and build his faith. And he goes about putting together an army. And he, he amasses an army of 32,000 people. 32,000 soldiers are at his command. That's a pretty good army. That's a pretty good army. But God said, uh, the people that are with thee are too many. The army's too big for me to give the Midianites into their hands. Lest Israel vaunt themselves Lest Israel against me. Gets saying, proud and says, Mine own hand have Look saved at what me. we just did. Look at how we just overcame. Man, we're tough. We're big. We're strong. Now, God, God is saying unequivocally, I'm going to give the Midianites into your hand. Do you see that? Do you understand that? God is saying, Gideon, you are going to have victory. And so what I'm worried about is when you have victory, if your army's too big, you might start taking pride in yourself and you might get a little lifted up and you might forget that I'm the one that gave you this victory. All right, read on. Now therefore go to. Now go to. Proclaim in the ears of the people. And say this to your great army. Saying whosoever is fearful, whoever is and, afraid, fearful and afraid, let him return and depart early from Mount Gilead. Yeah, 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 now, now. Now look, I, I don't know, I don't know. This is just me and the way I think. But I kind of got a feeling that when he first made that proclamation, I, I doubt that there was just a whole bunch of people that started walking away. I, I just kind of got a feeling, Brother Chad, nobody wanted to be the first to admit, yeah, I'm afraid. You know, I mean, these are men. We don't like to admit we're afraid. We're going to put on a tough face even if we are afraid. And so I don't know how long it took before somebody finally said, you know, no, they're not going to like this, but I might as well face the fact I don't think we're going to win and I'm not ready to die. I'll see you guys later. And as one or two started trickling off, something about fear that it's contagious. And you let somebody start vocalizing their fear. And I'm telling you, it'll spread like wildfire. Hallelujah. And so, I don't know. Uh, the first one starts to walk off and somebody said, hey, wait, 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 I'm going with you. <laughs> and then somebody else said, well, look, if you two guys are going, I think there's a couple of us here. We've kind of talked about it. We, we, we're not. And, and I'm telling you that as the crowd starts dwindling down, 
there's a whole lot more folks that may not have been afraid in the beginning that by the time they get down and a lot of folks have left I mean they started with 32,000 after about 16,000 and they're looking and they've only got half the army they started with some of those that might not have been afraid in the beginning are probably starting to shake a little bit And so they joined in with the fearful. And what does the Bible say happened? And their return of the people, people, 22,000. 22,000. There remain 10,000. Well, we got about 3%. 10,000. If I'm figuring right, let me see. 10% 10% of 32,000 to be 3,200, so I guess that's about 30%, right? Got about 30%. Got about, about one-third left of this army. So two-thirds have walked out. I didn't even have to do that math. I had it in my notes. If I would looked at my notes, I, anyhow, two-thirds, more than two-thirds of the army deserted at that moment. And they're looking around. And they had 32,000 to begin with. And they only got 10,000 now. Now, you'd think they'd say, okay, now let's, let's take these 10 and let's hurry up and go chase down Midian now while we still got 10,000. But God spoke again. Verse 4. And the Lord said unto and Gideon. And the Lord said to Gideon. There are yet too many. Yeah, 10,000 still too many. You guys, you just got too much of a tendency toward pride and, and, and toward trying to take all the credit yourself. I'm not going to let it stop at this point. It's still too many. Read. Bring them down into so the take water. Take them down to the water. And I will try them. I'm going to try them. Them there. Yes. And it shall be that of whom I shall say unto thee. Yeah. This shall go with this thee. This is the one that's going with thee. And the same shall go with thee. Yes. And of whomsoever I say unto thee, this shall not go with thee. The same shall not go. Yeah. So God said, take them down and put them to the water test. And let's see if they pass the water test. And if they can pass the water test, then they can be in your army. Now, I'm telling you, Gideon's already watched two-thirds walk away. So he's probably doing the math in his head right now. And he's saying, let's see, one-third would be about 3,000. So we got 6,600. If if I lose two-thirds again, I'm... I'm going to be down to about 3,333 and a third. I'm only going to have 3,000 left if two-thirds leave me again. But here's what happens. Read verses 5 and 6. So he brought down the people into the water. And the Lord said unto Gideon, Every one that lappeth of the water with his tongue as a dog lappeth, him shall thou set by himself. Yeah. Likewise, every one that bowed down with, upon his knees to drink, yes. and the number of them that lappeth, lapped, put their hand to their mouth, were 300 men. 300 men. But all the rest of the people bowed down upon their knees to drink water. And so it was more than two-thirds that left him this time. 
I'm telling you, by the time the dust was settled, Gideon had only less than 1% of the army he started with. 32,000. 10% is 3,200. 1% is 320. He only had 300. He had less than 1% of what he started with. Now, I'm going to tell you something, and I'm going to prove it to you from the Scripture. By this point in time, Gideon was afraid. I'm going to prove it to you. I'm going to prove it to you. By this point in time, Gideon was afraid. He was scared of what was going to happen because he's down to only 300 men. That's not nearly a big enough army to do what needed to be done. Now, let me prove to you he was afraid. Let's read verses 9 through 11 here. Judges 7, verses 9 through 11. Read. And it came to pass the same night that the Lord said unto him. That night the Lord said to him. Arise, arise get, thee down, unto get the host, thee down to the host. For I have delivered, I have delivered it, into, it thine hand. into thine hand. Now, look at verse 10. But if thou but, fear to now, go down. Now, wait a minute. Look at this. But if thou fear to go down. Go thou with Urah, thy, thy servant, to down, to, down the host. to the host. And thou shalt hear, and what, thou they shalt say. hear what they say. And afterwards, and afterwards shall, thine shall thine hands be strengthened to go down unto the host. Now God said, if you're afraid, take your servant down to the host and listen to what they're saying. If you're afraid, Gideon. Right. So what did he do? Then he went down then with his servant. Unto the outside of the armed men that were in the host. I'm telling you, Gideon was afraid. He's down to less than 1% of his army. He's only got 300 men to take on a whole nation. And he is afraid. But he goes down that night. We won't take the time to read it, but he goes down that night. And, and he and his servant are listening outside of a tent. Uh, amen. And somebody woke up from a, a, a dream and said, oh, I just had a dream about a barley cake that just come rolling into the camp and flattened out a tent. And the man that was there with him said, oh, this is nothing but the sword of Gideon whom God is going to use. God's going to deliver the Midianites into Gideon's. Now this is the enemy saying this. This is the enemy saying that they're going to conquer us. And I'm telling you, when Gideon heard that, uh, all of a sudden his faith uh, rose up again. Uh, he went back uh, and he told the men, here's what happened. Read verse 15. And it was so it was when so Gideon heard, when the, Gideon telling the, heard the telling of the, the dream and the interpretation thereof, that, thereof, he that he worshipped and, and he returned into the host of Israel. And he said, get up, men. God has delivered into your hand the host of Midian. I'm Gideon's faith arose and he said we're going to win we're going to win we're not going to lose this battle I don't care what it looks like I don't care how many we're down to
Hallelujah. And so Gideon divided his 300 men into groups of 100 each. Spread them out around the camp. They had a pitcher, a light in it, and they had a trumpet. And they went down there. And when Gideon gave them the command, they blew the trumpets, broke the pitchers, and said, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And I'm telling you, they started winning. They started putting the enemy to flight. Well, hallelujah. Now, a lot of times we hear this Bible story, that's as far as we go. But there's more to it than that. Amen. They started winning, but they did only have 300 men. And they're doing their best to slay everybody they can slay. And I'm telling you, if they got close enough to get their sword to them, it seemed like God just directed the sword to the right place and they struck them down. But it wasn't long before they realized uh, these guys are spreading out. We don't have enough men to chase them all down. We got to get some reinforcements here. Read verse 24. And Gideon sent messengers throughout all the Mount Ephraim, yeah. saying, Come down, Come down against the Midianites. Against the Midianites. And take before them yes, yes, the waters yes. unto Bethbara and Jordan. Yes. Then all the men of Ephraim gathered themselves together and took the waters unto Bethbara yeah. and Jordan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so here come some reinforcements. Uh, and they're still fighting. Now you understand, they went down at night. They've been fighting through the night. They've been fighting through the morning. Now they've got reinforcements, but they still have not finished the battle. They've got some other men there that are helping them out, and they're still destroying Midianites. They're still winning victory, but all of a sudden the reinforcements copped an attitude. They did. I, I, there's, there's, I, I didn't want to just fill this up with and just read the whole story to you, but, but you, you can read it. The men of Ephraim, they got to looking around. They said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We're Ephraim. We should, have been, we should have been called down first, not after you'd already started this thing and already started. What, what, what do you mean bringing us in? You must not think very highly of us. And so here are the people that came to help them suddenly turned on Gideon. And, and rather than being able to focus on destroying the enemy, he's trying to put out fires. He's trying to calm down the people that are supposed to be there helping him. Can you imagine how they're feeling? Can you imagine how Gideon and those 300 men are feeling? They've been fighting all night long. They, they're chasing men every which way. They finally get reinforcements that help them for a little while, and then they got to start dealing with the reinforcements. And got to try to convince them, guys, we're not against you. And look, I know enough about human nature to know. I mean, the Bible addresses that whole thing in just about two or three verses, but I can promise you, it took a lot longer than that to get it all quieted down. Well, so I don't know how long all this has been going on. But I'm telling you at this point, they still have not defeated all of the Midianites. Now they've had some victory. They've seen some good things happen. And I'm going to tell you, 
they were getting weary. Hello? See, I'm still on topic. What to do when you're weary? I, I'm, I'm preaching to you about an army that they've been fighting against the enemy. And then they got to try to stop a fight with their own brothers. They still hadn't had any rest. They haven't had food. They haven't had water. They've been chasing the Midianites and trying to bring peace to the Ephraimites. And they still got an enemy to bring down. I'm telling you, they're weary. And in fact, I'm going to prove that to you. You still got your Bible open? Now just flip over there to chapter 8. Judges chapter 8 and verse number 4. And Gideon came to Jordan and passed over. He and the 300 men that were with him yeah. faint, faint, yet pursuing now them. Now this, this word faint, uh, another translation says, Then Gideon came to Jordan and went over it with his 300, overcome with weariness and in need of food. Overcome with weariness. Uh, the English Standard Version, I, I like this. Uh, the English Standard Version says, And Gideon came to the Jordan and crossed over. He and the 300 men who were with him, exhausted, yet pursuing. Exhausted. They were exhausted. And I'm going to tell you, here's my point, and here's the answer to my question. What should we do when we're weary? We do what Gideon and his army did. They were exhausted, but they kept pursuing. They said, we are worn out. We're tired, but we're not going to stop until the battle's won. Oh, we're ready to get something to eat. We're ready to sit down by the river and cool our feet for a while. But no, 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 we got a work to do. I'm exhausted. I'm worn out. But I'm going to keep on pursuing. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you, amen, we've got to keep putting one foot in front of the other. We got to keep on fighting. We got to keep on doing what we know is right. Amen. Until victory is accomplished. Now, this is what the Bible says. The Bible says they were exhausted, yet pursuing. Our King James says they were faint, yet pursuing them. But here's the ultimate end of what happened to a group of men. Amen. Small in number. They've had every kind of obstacle that you could possibly face. They've been through everything imaginable. Deprived of sleep. Deprived of food. Amen. Having to try to bring peace among their own brothers. Swinging their sword until their muscles are aching. Running after those that are trying to flee until their legs are cramping. But I'm going to tell you they may have been weary but they kept pursuing hallelujah amen and here's what the bible says happened in judges 8 and verse 28 
So Midian so was Midian subdued was, per, was subdued before the children of Israel. And they raised they, their they, heads no I more. I, I think I gave you the wrong translation there. That's all right. You can read it anyhow. Hallelujah. Thus was Midian subdued before the children of Israel. So they lifted up their heads no more. And the country was in quietness 40 years in the days of Gideon. I'm here to tell you it was worth pursuing when they were weary. It was worth pursuing when they were exhausted. It was worth it to just keep pressing on. They'd been fighting Midian for a long, long time, but no more. No more. It's over now. It was worth putting forth that extra effort to keep pursuing even when I'm weary. Hallelujah. 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 What do I do when I get weary, preacher? I'll tell you what you do. You just keep pursuing. You just keep pursuing. You just keep pursuing. You keep pursuing. I'm telling you, when you're weary, keep pursuing. I'm almost done. I really am. But isn't that really what Paul said in that first command? that we read in Galatians chapter six and verse nine. What does it say? And let us not be weary let us in not well-doing. Be weary. Let us not be weary in well-doing. In other words, don't, don't faint when you get weary. Don't quit when you get weary. Just keep on pursuing for what? For in due, in due season, season, we shall reap, we shall if, we reap if we faint not. I'm preaching to you tonight, true church. I know it's been a long, hard battle. I know we've been around and around some of these things so many times. And I know in the midst of every problem we faced, the devil's been there to hit us with something else. But I'm calling out to the army of God tonight. I know you're weary, but keep pursuing I know you're weary, but keep pursuing. Oh, let's stand and lift our hands to God right now. And so you say, preacher, I don't have the strength to fight. I don't have the strength to pursue. I don't have the strength to run I'm just too weary well let me ask you this can you at least walk can you at least walk because here's the promise of God in Isaiah 40 and 31 it says this but they that but wait they upon that wait the Lord upon the Lord shall renew their, shall strength. Renew their strength they shall mount, they shall up, mount with up with wings as eagles, as eagles. They yeah shall listen run. listen there's times just like Gideon when he first started when they first broke the pitchers and sounded the trumpets they're soaring like eagles but it didn't take long until they weren't flying as high as what they once were amen but then he said they shall run and not and be weary, not be weary. sometimes walk. we come down from flying high and we just keep on running but I'm going to tell you there's times brother self we don't have the strength to even run but we can't quit we can't stop there's one more thing when we can't fly anymore and we can't run anymore they shall walk and not faint 
it. I'm telling you, it will just keep moving. Just keep moving. Keep pursuing the promise. Keep defeating the enemy. Sometimes it's just going to be a walk. But it will keep on walking. God is going to renew your strength. Oh, let's worship him. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, I felt this so strong this morning in prayer. I just feel like somebody is growing weary. I feel like somebody is growing weary. But I want to tell you, it's all right to be weary. Just don't quit. Just don't quit. You keep on pursuing. Keep on pursuing. Amen. God's going to come along and renew your strength. He's going to give you the grace you need if you just don't quit.